1: There has been an explosion of research into how the immune system functions, and new understandings in immunology have transformed fields as seemingly disparate as autoimmune disorders and cancer. It had been thought that the brain was protected from the actions of the immune system— but recent research has shown that there are a number of ways the brain and the immune system can and do communicate. This has important implications for brain health and psychiatric disorders. The latest edition of Neuropsychopharmacology Reviews is called The Immunology of Behavior, Exploring the Role of the Immune System in Brain Health and Illness. In more than a dozen review articles, the authors explore everything from evolution to translational medicine. Andrew Miller is a professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Emory School of Medicine and one of the journal's editors. Charles Razan is professor of human psychology and psychiatry at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and co-author of one of the review articles. Dr. Miller, how are inflammation and other responses from the immune system, how are they implicated in psychiatric diseases?
3: One of the major factors that uh, links inflammation to psychiatric disease is its relationship with stress. And I think that one of the major breakthroughs in the field was this notion that the immune system and inflammation in particular could be activated by a psychological stressor. And we know psychological stressors play a role in precipitating and exacerbating a number of psychiatric disorders. So the notion that stress could activate the inflammatory response uh, really led to this notion that stress, increasing inflammation, may ultimately lead to psychiatric disorders. In addition, investigators have shown that individuals who have disorders of inflammation have very high rates of psychiatric disorders, primarily depressive and anxiety disorders. But
1: it's not just depressive
3: disorders, right? No, exactly. And that's, that's what's interesting and as, as is shown by a number of the reviews in this particular issue, It appears that inflammation is interacting with specific neurocircuits in the brain to lead to specific constellations of symptoms that really are common to a number of psychiatric disorders. So, for example, interactions of inflammation with circuits that are related to reward can lead to reduced motivational states that are seen in mood disorders, anxiety disorders, as well as schizophrenia.
1: Dr. Rezon, are there specific genetic variants or other risk factors that put certain people at a higher risk of this kind of interaction between the immune system and the brain and psychiatric disorders?
0: Yeah, there sure are. Um, And intriguingly, uh, although maybe not surprisingly, given how hard it has been to identify genes uh, for psychiatric disorders in general and depression in particular, the best evidence for these types of risk factors are not genetic. They're actually environmental or gene-environment interactions. So there are now a number of studies, and this is discussed in the special issue, the review issue, uh, showing that probably all mammals, but certainly humans, uh, exposed to adversity early in life, with adversity being everything from physical abuse, sexual abuse, uh, neglect, to uh, just a low socioeconomic status. That adversity in general seems, early in life, seems to prime the immune system to run its inflammation hot across the adult lifespan.
1: Chronic levels of even mild inflammation can lead to a significantly increased lifetime risk for heart disease, stroke, and dementia. Inflammation may be the link between early adversity and these health outcomes.
0: Another one that has been very clearly associated with inflammation is uh, body weight. And and so obesity uh, and increasing body mass index is a big, big driver of, of inflammatory cytokines. And from several mechanisms, some of these cytokines can actually be produced by fat cells. Others seem to be produced by immune cells that sort of crowd into the fat, almost recognizing it as something foreign. But in both cases, obesity is always associated. There's an almost linear relationship in most studies between body weight and chronic basic resting inflammation levels. And we know, of course, that uh, obesity or increased body weight is a risk factor for subsequent depression. We know that several studies have shown that increasing body weight is a predictor of poor outcome to traditional antidepressants, and we know that early life adversity is a big driver of obesity in adulthood. So there's kind of a round robin of trouble there around early adversity, metabolic disturbance, increased cytokines, and then that being linked to depression.
1: Another exciting and really quite new aspect of immunology research is the role of gut microbes. There are some papers in the review that address how microbes could be either helping protect against psychiatric disorders or contributing to them. What do scientists think might be going on there?
0: We know from animal models that these microorganisms in the gut exert powerful influences on all sorts of disease-state-relevant parameters obesity and and a number of things. Fascinatingly, in animal models, there's tremendous evidence that if you shift the content or the function of the microbiota in the gut, in this case, you can totally change behavior. So they've done these studies where they've transplanted the contents of microbiota from, say, a nervous species of a a rat to to a calm species of a rat. And when you do that, the calm species gets nervous. And you can reverse it and make the nervous species calm What's less well-known, however, is how much does this apply to human functioning?
1: That's because there's a gap between animal models and the results in humans, and we don't yet know enough about how the microbiome affects brain function. That area is ripe for future research. Dr. Miller, turning back to you, how can this research on the immune system and its impact on brain health, how can this lead to potential treatments for psychiatric conditions? In the review, authors describe how various neural circuits in the brain are affected by inflammation, including the reward circuits and others involved with anxiety. How might a focus on the immune system have an effect?
0: So
3: uh, our typical antidepressant strategy when treating patients with depression or anxiety is to use a drug that's primarily serotonergic in nature, influencing the activity of serotonin in the brain to sort of increase its, its relative potency in the synapse.
1: But inflammation could affect how well these drugs work because of its impact on related circuits in the brain. So understanding inflammation could help doctors tailor treatments.
3: That could lead to novel treatments for depression, anxiety, schizophrenia in patients with high inflammation and treating those individuals with drugs that block inflammation. Now, most of the drugs that are currently available available carry a a fairly significant side effect burden, largely in the form of of putting people at risk for developing infection. And you're really then looking at the trade-off between the risks that are involved, the risk for a serious development of a serious infection versus the benefit of potentially improving someone's mental condition. Those are the kinds of things that will have to be wrestled with
1: Dr. Miller and Dr. Izan, this is still quite a new field. What avenues of research do you think still lie ahead, Dr. Miller?
3: I think one of the biggest limitations that we have at this moment is the ability to identify and measure inflammation in the brain given that at the end of the day the most important aspect of the effects of inflammation on the brain is the activation of relevant immune cells in the brain microglia and macrophages and other cell types and we don't have at this point sensitive enough uh, neuroimaging strategies to identify inflammation in the brain and I think the field would make huge leaps forward If we could
0: develop uh, novel technologies that allow us to measure inflammation in the
1: brain. Dr. Rezan?
0: Well I think one of the really important things is to get a better sense of what it is in the immune system that is actually driving brain and behavior. So you know we tend to throw around words like inflammation as if it's one thing or as if we really understood what it is and in fact we know that the immune system is probably just about as complicated as the brain. And one of the challenges for those of us that are interested in looking at the immune system and the brain as one larger integrated organ that's highly relevant for behavior is to bring that level of sort of detail and mechanistic precision to the understanding of what it is about immune responses that are driving specific behaviors or protecting against specific behaviors. There's really a lot in that domain we, we don't understand yet.
1: The latest edition of Neuropsychopharmacology Reviews is called The Immunology of Behavior, Exploring the Role of the Immune System in Brain Health and Illness. For a list of the papers covered in this reviews issue, as well as the full editorial introduction, go to www.nature.com nppr. I'm Cynthia Graber